Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Buyer's Market Podcast. You're joined by your regular host, Matthew Winkelstein, and I'm joined by a repeat but very special guest, Adrian Russell. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much, my friend. I'm happy to be back on. It felt like I was just here a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you were. You know what I like? We I, I talk on these episodes about becoming friends with some of the guests, and you know we won't get into the details about how much you and I have been working together on besides this stuff, but... Uh, I'm glad our I'm glad our friendship continues to grow, and uh, you know I think that's probably why you're comfortable to come on here and us to have this conversation. So uh, thank you for thank you for doing this. For those that are listening and wondering like what the heck is he talking about, we're gonna get in that right now. So uh, this isn't gonna be an episode about the buyer's market. This isn't gonna be an episode about buyer trends. This is gonna be an episode about understanding and about human compassion. Um, so I reached out to Adrian in honor of Black History Month and asked if he would come on here and have a conversation with me about what that means for on, on a couple various levels. So if you've heard the episode with Adrian, you know how gregarious is, you know how hardworking he is, you know what he's all about, helping people around him, helping his community. And so I, I think some of our listeners may be surprised some of the struggles that he's had to go through himself. And so what I want, what I want to invite him on here to do is, number one, just highlight some of that stuff and talk about some of his experiences as a black man in this country and as a black man in construction. And then I want to talk about how someone like me who cares, a white person, how I get more involved. Like, how do I help? Because you know what? We're not going to change the people that hate, but we, Adrian and I both believe that's a small percentage of the population. So we want to focus on, the, on how to bridge that gap. So um, with that, I'm going to stop talking now and turn it over to Adrian and let him talk about what Black History Month means to him. And then if, he could go, then if you could go into... So just some of your experiences, uh, good or bad, so uh, our listeners can start to understand better. And like I said, I, I hope everyone opens their ears right now and opens their heart and uh, doesn't throw this out because they think this is a political conversation or some other garbage that all this gets messed up in. This is about coming together as humans because we all care about each other. So, uh, Adrian, with that, why don't you educate us a little bit and tell us what Black History Month means to you? Thank you so much, Matt. And I mean, one, this is an important moment. And I'll say that anytime we're engaging in conversations, that's an important first step, a very critical first step. And as far as all of us as people, you know, moving forward and coming together. So I appreciate this opportunity. I can't say that enough. And you ask the question, what does Black History Month mean to me? You know, you ask different African-Americans, you ask different individuals of color, you know, everyone has their own different take on what Black History Month means to them. And I think that's, that's awesome, it's beautiful. For me, Black History Month is a celebration. Uh, it's a time to you know, reflect on the history, on the strides that we as African-Americans have made in this country, you know, coming over to America. We're all very well aware of the history. We're all very well aware of the hardships the things that our people have had to endure, you know, from slavery to, you know, fighting for life's necessities, you know, fighting for the right to vote, fighting for civil rights. I mean, we all are very well aware of those things, but for me, you know, I just appreciate even thinking back on my parents, thinking back on my grandparents and my grandfathers, grandmothers, you know, my ancestors, the things that they endured and the things that they fought for to give an individual like me a better life. And you look at all the contributions that have been made you know, by so many different notable historical black figures, you know, from Jackie Robinson to Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth. I mean, you could go on and on. And 
we've touched so many industries and we've made so many incredible impacts globally, but most certainly here in America. And for me, as a young black man, you know, it's just a time for me to really reflect on the sacrifices, the hardships, but most importantly, the successes as well. And it's something that I take great pride in. And I'm glad that my people, not just my people, but those that wish well for my people. I mean, it's a celebration really for all of us when you really look at it. And I think it's amazing that it's something that we can all take pride in sharing. Yeah, that's well said. Um, I, I, uh, I'm going to share a little bit about uh, Black History Month for me because I, I shared with you a little bit off air before this episode that, you know, when I was growing up, it didn't mean very much to me. Right. And I, I, I come from a, I'm a, uh, I come from a, a diverse area, smaller area, but a diverse area. It just but even then having black friends, having his, just having different having a group of friends that were different. It's still it, it didn't really mean much to me. And I, I remember actually thinking when I was younger, like this is this is history. Right. I have look at my friends group. I, this is this is history. And it wasn't until I got out of the education system and really became interested in history in general, where I started to understand um you know, not only the, to your point, like not only the bad things, like that's like the, the Tulsa race riots, right? Like when I understood what happened there, it was like, holy crap. Like that, right. first of all, it wasn't that long ago and it just blows up everything you think, right? Like it's, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a black community that was, was burgeoning, right? It could have been the next big city and it was torn down because of malice and hate. And, you know, that wasn't that long ago. Um, but what also what also what I also uncovered is just how many great stories there are and not just about people where it's about affecting black history. It's about how many how many people of color have affected our history in general. Our history is black history. People probably get sick of hearing that, but it's true. And I think uh, at least my experience was um, there's such a need for this specific month in particular because I didn't learn any of that stuff in school. I did somewhat pay attention, but so did my friends. We never talked about that stuff. We never learned it. So I think that's why we need to have this month and have a specific focus. But I really like your take on, you know, it's a celebration, right? It's about all the great things that black people have achieved and overcome and contributed, not just to their own communities, but to our communities and how we've all worked together to achieve great strides. Um, so uh, is that, that feeling and that motivation, is that what drives you to do things like Russell's building camp? Have you always thought about that? Or um, why don't you talk us through your evolution of how you view, how you've came to this spot, how you view Black History Month and uh, what you do in your community? One, you know, learning about our history and learning about our heritage, you know, there's certainly a severance as far as our understanding as who we are as African-Americans, because of course, we did not originate in North America. You know, we know where we originated from, or I could say we don't know where we originated <laughs> from. You know, Africa is a very large continent. So having said that, you know, I think it's so important that we make some form of a connection to something or someone that is a source to where we can at least trace our roots or our origins. And for me, you know, I can only trace my roots back so far, and many have my same story. And I was actually thinking about my father today, and I was thinking about my father telling me stories about his father. And every now and then he may remember a story about his grandfather. It doesn't go back much further than that. And, you know, I think about my father, and literally this morning, getting ready for this conversation, I was thinking about my dad. And for me, 
we're still talking about black history, but this is where it becomes personal for me. And this is the source of my motivation. And I was thinking about my dad where, you know, him growing up as a black man in America, a dark skinned black man at that, you know, a large family married to one wife, eight kids, you know, in poverty for decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having said that, you know, my father, the statistics presented to him would have probably shown him the likely outcomes for be it himself or for his children. But for my father to be able to stand today and say that raising a family of eight in poverty, none of his children have ever been incarcerated. Within his household, there are 11 degrees. There are multiple businesses. Uh, He's raised entrepreneurs. Once again, zero incarcerations and zero fatalities. And for me, when I actually look at that and when I realize that in America, the Russell family, at one point, wherever our roots are traced to, we came from nothing. Quite literally, we came from nothing. And as I said, my father can recall very little about a grandfather. So when I think back on that, and when I think about those incredible strides that just say my family and my father as a black man has made to where someone like me sitting in this office now, I mean, you see the Shield Sexton logo behind me. For me, I mean, that's, that's powerful stuff, man. And it's actually an overwhelming feeling. And with that, it's not anything for me to boast in. It's not anything for me to brag about. More so for me, it's humbling. And it's a source of inspiration and it gives me a pride to where I want to do something to where I can extend that legacy and I can give back and I can help give someone else a story where they can tell. And if one day they may look back and say, you know what, Adrian Russell, I mean, that's awesome. But it's really not about me. It's really about us. And as I said, when I think about Black History Month, but then when I actually make it personal, because I didn't know Frederick Douglass. I didn't know George Washington Carver. I didn't know Harriet Tubman. But there are examples of what I would call historical figures immediately around me that have in every way defied the statistics. And for me, that is just tremendous. It's overwhelming. And it gives me that passion to want to advance that baton down the track. Yeah, I I, I love that. I want to I want to ask you here just to talk about some of the things that you've personally been through. But uh, before, I just want to acknowledge and highlight something. Um, uh, unless you are black, uh, I'm not sure you understand. Well, I know you don't understand what it's like to go through life. And uh, at least I can imagine I'm I'm actually not Jewish, but I have my ancestors are Jewish. And so I've been labeled that my whole life. Um, and uh I'll admit I was resentful at times when people would say, especially when I was in school, I got picked on a little bit for it. And I remember being really resentful and like hating people. Like I'm going to show you one day. Right. And just to, we've worked together outside of here and just the conversations we've had, you don't have any malice in your heart. And you know, we're working on Russell's building camp. It's not about Russell's building camp for black kids. It's about Russell's building camp for all kids, for everybody. And I just think that's so commendable and honorable that the way that you go through life and inspirational for everyone to like, you know what, if he can, if he can let go of things he's gone through to move forward and to bring us all together, like what the hell excuse do we have? So I just want to applaud you for that. and Thank you for that and for showing the way. Um, 
moving past history a little bit and getting into your personal history, um, would you mind sharing just the best story you have that, that exemplifies where you maybe you didn't fit in or you didn't weren't weren't meant to feel welcome and especially if it was something intentional because i like i said in the beginning of the episode i think people will be surprised to hear that you have gone through this because i, I think everyone that hears you likes you and everyone that sees you likes you it's like who would treat adrian bad well i hope so i'm sure you have <laughs> i know so so i'm sure you do have stories with that so if you wouldn't mind uh if you're okay with it would, would you share one or two of those Absolutely. Um, well, I think you know enough about me to know that I'm not one to complain. And, you know, if I do, I try not to do so publicly. Uh, but of course, you know, I don't think there's anyone that's my color that at some point in the, their life, they haven't gone through situations where maybe they're in denial. And I'll say that there have been times in my life where I've been in denial. And I'll say, speaking of my father, I can recall, you know, I won't say arguments, but I can recall debates that we've had where, you know, he's told me, you know, my skin is a lot lighter than his. And he told me, you may not know now, you may not see it now, but I guarantee you at some point you will. And I can say that that wisdom offered by my father has certainly been, or has been proven correct. Uh, for me, you know, you know, I love construction. I love this industry. And I've had the great fortune to work all over America managing construction projects. That's part of my story. It's something that I boast in, something that I love to do. But I'll tell you that, you know, I've worked down south. And this is no play on the stereotypes of Southerners because I'll say that I've met incredible people that absolutely, they absolutely honor, you know, the Southern hospitality that we've all heard of our whole lives. But I'll say that, you know, I've pulled up to job sites, Confederate flags waving on the trucks or what have you. And, you know, you get that feeling in your stomach because you know you're not in Kansas anymore. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just being very honest with you. And I'll never forget the feeling within this profession where, you know, going onto a job site and I'm the project manager. I've called this meeting. I'm the one that's leading this meeting, but I'm coming from Indianapolis, Indiana. So, you know, first impressions, most of these individuals, if not all, they don't know me from Adam. So, you know, I get out of my vehicle and I speak, say good morning or good afternoon, don't get anything back. Some might, but it's a reluctant, oh, good afternoon or good morning. And of course, I know what's getting ready to happen. I, I, you might know where I'm going with this. I know what's getting ready to happen, where, you know, for those first few minutes, I'm just, I won't put in color on it. I'll just say, I'm just a guy. I'm just a dude walking around. But then once that meeting is called, and once I'm the individual that opens up a binder or opens up a notebook, and I began passing out meeting agendas. Man, if I told you the look that I've seen on some individual's face where if, I kid you not, man, where they almost, one in particular just burns in my memory where it was almost as if he was stunned to even reach out and take the agenda from me. And we're not saying anything because of course we have an obligation to be professional, but you know that under the surface, you're almost having an invisible 
push and pull in a conversation. And of course, where me, there's knots in my stomach because one, I mean, I'm young at that. I mean, I've never experienced anything like this. Like I said, you're definitely not in Kansas anymore. And quietly inside yourself, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the project manager. I'm, I'm who hired you for this project. I'm telling you, man, those experiences. And once you realize that whether we want to admit it or not, that color absolutely plays a factor in all of our lives far more than what we may realize it. You don't forget those experiences, man. You don't forget them. You know, you, you had, you had, uh, you had mentioned always taking the high road and I, you know, I, like I said, I applaud you for that. Um, have you seen a lot of people that have changed to you because you choose that path? Uh, what's been, what's been your success rate with, you know, people that you meet that you first encounter and you're like, this person doesn't really understand me or black people at all. And that's why they feel this way. And have you seen those people change or has that been more rare? That's a great question. I would say that I would like to believe that I have seen people change. And I'll say that, you know, if you're going to work with me or if I'm going to work with you, I mean, we're going to see a lot of one another. So, you know, there's a continuous opportunity to make an impression and to win people over. It's unfortunate that you have to win people, but, you know, I just choose to pair myself like a professional. I choose to represent my father and my mother and you know my family will that's what i choose to do and i would like to believe that most people that are fair-minded or would like to be fair-minded i believe that they are able to be you know changed in a sense based on what they thought or what they felt based on what they see and what they hear in the now or in the present so i would like to believe that i have uh, witnessed a high success rate of individuals changing not just you know in dealing with me and that's by no means is that to say that i'm perfect because i'm far from that but i would like to believe that people are able to be persuaded otherwise absolutely yeah i believe that too that's one we opened it with i and i i honestly believe it's less persuasion and more understanding and awareness correct um because to your point you know i can uh and i actually have you know, just to be open on my side, I've found it more difficult to communicate in this in in this environment with everything going on. I would never have said that uh, you communicate well for a black person, but I definitely say, oh wow, you wow, you carry yourself well, you speak well. But I would say that to all different kinds of people. But it also has made me like before I would say something like that, understand, try and understand what I'm benchmarking that against. Right. To your point, are you saying that because you've never, you've never met a black person that carries themselves like this. You've never been exposed to a black person that carries them like this. Or you really just think like that black people can't be intelligent, which is ridiculous. Um, and so some of my experience has been where it's, uh, people have literally never met in some instances, never met a black person or have only met black people in a very limited setting, which it doesn't always represent the community the best. Right. And so um, where I've seen a lot of the change happen is where people do meet, do meet pro uh, professionals and young men like you. So I wanted you on the podcast so bad. Cause it's like, you know, I know, I know there's, I know there's people that 
don't realize they're ignorant right now listening to this because until you start to think about your own actions and look at it from a different perspective, you probably don't even know you're ignorant. Um, like even yesterday when we were having the conversation before this, I said, you know, I don't, there's, I don't think there's anyone in this world that could ever accuse me of being racist, but I'll tell you what, I've definitely had prejudiced thoughts and I catch myself like, you know, if I'm in a certain neighborhood, why do I lock my door? Right? Like that kind of, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'll give another example of something that I experienced that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have realized before, and it actually didn't dawn on me till later. So, um, like I said, I grew up in a diverse area. I have a lot of diverse group of friends. I'm fortunate that in most settings, people like me. I'm pretty. I'm able to kind of go from setting to setting, and most people like me. Um, and so I was buying a home, and I was looking at where to buy a home in Akron. And I, I looked at this neighborhood in West Akron, and it was my neighborhood. Still, is a predominantly black neighborhood. And I remember my real estate agent. She's like are you sure about this neighborhood? You know, are you sure you want to live here? And I'm like, listen, this is a great neighborhood. Like this is, this is an up and coming neighborhood. Like, look at this nice house. Look at you know, this neighborhood. I didn't, it didn't, it took me a minute to, to really understand what she's saying. Cause I, first of all, the unit economics made a lot of sense. I'm like, I know what, what they're appreciating. And I know why they built a whole foods right. two miles down the road. Like there's all these things that I don't need to, for you to tell me what the market's doing. And so then it forced me to think more about like, why, does this person feel this way? And this person, I don't know how many black people she's exposed to, not very many, if any. And what she was really concerned about is like, is this the neighborhood you want to live in? And I felt like it was, it, it was coming from a place of caring for me, but also like that says something too, that you feel like you have to care for me in that situation. When I'm telling you like, this is a great neighborhood and I still live in the neighborhood and I love my neighborhood. My I love my neighbors. We all, we all get along, you know, at first they were a little skeptical of me and, but then, you know, I've lived in the neighborhood for uh, three years now and, and it's great. And it also has, it's also led to some interesting conversations as I, as I walk through my neighborhood. Um, and, you know, another interesting uh, piece, which I think some people probably can, can relate to that are white, uh, you know, after the George Floyd incident, it was, it was tough to walk around my neighborhood. It wasn't tough because people treated me different. It was tough because I felt shame to walk around my neighborhood and it was weird. And uh, so I want to encourage people that are listening to this that embrace that. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel weird. Have conversations. Understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Don't run away from that because you're just on the cusp of really breaking through and getting to know somebody else and getting through those feelings and having a better understanding. Um, so that was, I just wanted to give some, some more perspective, mostly because I think our audience is predominantly white, um, which is another reason why I said I wanted to have you on the episode. No, that, that um, was a great perspective. And I'll say, man, this is awesome. And this is great. This morning, I had the pleasure of sitting down for breakfast with a Latino individual where, you know, he's a president of a, a mainstream firm in corporate America. And, you know, he and I, we spoke to the fact that just sitting down and having the opportunity to share in these conversations that is in of itself making positive strides and you know for now you and i although we're friends outside of this dialogue you know for you as a caucasian me as an african-american for us now to be able to share in this type of conversation it's just a beautiful coming together and i think that it's important for us to know even to speak to those skeptics that no, we are making progress. We're making progress simply because the conversations are being had. There was a point in time where these conversations were either taboo or they weren't talked about in any circle in any way whatsoever. Now 
we're having the conversations and we're doing it out in the open. And I think that's amazing. I commend you for that. I really do. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, it, it, it means a lot to me because I, I also feel like I have an onus to do, to do stuff like this. And um, to your point about progress, uh, I read this the other day. There's only there's only two there's only uh, two groups of people that think we haven't made progress in this country, and it's politicians and the media. And it's I think it's so true because you think about what is in their their best interest is to divide the population, yep. and the easiest way to do it is you know gender politics and identity politics and all these things that make people question what they believe and go to these corners because they bit paint the boogeyman and the other one news media is no different there's a million great stories to cover in this country but they cover bad stories so i think dialogues like this and people like you and i are that are comfortable enough to have it in public i think is the only way we're going to move through this because the only people that really care about us coming together as a country are the people in the country it is a country that's supposed to be the government for the citizens and we've kind of lost that and if we focus on us and having conversations we can bridge these gaps a lot quicker than looking at a politician to do the right thing because i think we we're going to die of uh, oxygen depletion if we hold our breaths waiting for that you might Uh. (laughs) you got you can hold your breath for a long time huh (laughs) uh all right uh so um Great, great conversation. I think we've covered a lot of uh, hopefully interesting topics for people and shared some experience that we've both had and tried to bridge that gap. Um, we're both optimistic people and we're building stuff for the future. So if you could help people understand how do they start to have these conversations? If I'm listening to this and I'm like, you know, I don't quite understand, but I want to understand how do people start to understand more? How do people get involved? Uh, what does that look like? And uh, this is like 15 million questions, but at the end, if you could give an example of someone that helped you and what that looked like, how they did it the right way. So other people can emulate that, that would be helpful as well. Yeah. I'll say that you're a perfect example, Matt, you know, you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and it may have been on a Friday evening. I mean, it was outside of work hours and you know, you just sent me a simple text message and you said, Hey man, how would you feel if we were, you know, sit down and have a conversation and discuss Black History Month. And you voiced your desire to, one, learn a bit more about it. And then you shared the fact that, you know, with your upbringing, you never thought much about it. And you offered your perspective, but then you also voiced your desire to want to be better educated and to have a better understanding because you felt an obligation as a good citizen in moving forward that it would benefit you. That's a perfect example right there. I mean, I don't need to go in the bag and think of another time. What you did is a very perfect and organic example. And I think that if we all, not just you, not just Caucasians, if we all adopted that same strategy, you know, or took that same approach, I think it would benefit us all to just simply, one, humble ourselves and to approach an individual in a non-threatening, non-condescending way and say, hey, I would like to be a bit better educated on this matter. Would you mind having a conversation with me and helping me better understand? Most individuals, 9.9 out of 10 people are going to appreciate that and they would be happy to share with you. So I would say if we all just adopt that exact same 
persuasion or that exact same thinking that you use, Matt, then we would all be better for it. I, I appreciate that. And I, um, I also want to highlight the fact that it's easy for me to talk to you and easy for us to talk about this because of your demeanor and the, you know, your approach to life. And like I said, we've hit it off in so many ways. So hopefully, um, hopefully this isn't the last conversation we have like this, you know, black history month was a spark to be able to do it, but, um, I'd like to circle back and have something kind of mid year, uh, maybe after we launch Russell's building camp so we can promote that and show people how we actually are trying to bring the community together. Um, in the meantime, if anyone's listening to this and wondering how to get involved, how to how to help, how to do something, uh, I'll tell you the first thing is nobody really needs help. Everyone just needs to understand better. And so if you're reaching out trying to help somebody, I think that's the wrong approach. If you're reaching out trying to understand somebody and then there's an opportunity for you to help each other, I think that's a different approach. And so to you, what you highlighted there was that reaching out to understand, having a conversation, um, and this is – this is hard for me, so I'm sure it's hard for other people. You have to you have to own your own stuff. And if you have to be able to have conversations about the way you may view things wrong and understand that if you're communicating with the right people, it's going to be bridging understanding and not used as a sword against you. But until we can get there, until people are brave enough, and not only brave enough, but at the same time they show bravery to say something that may sound ignorant. They also lead with their heart and explain why they think that and why they don't, why they're questioning that belief anymore. Um, so I'd encourage anyone if, you know, Adrian's here, I don't want Adrian to be the spokesperson for everyone that wants to have a conversation, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind having a couple after this. And I, you know, I'm, I don't mind having a conversation, helping people understand how to have more conversations. Um, because this is, this is great, man. This is, uh, this is how we come together as a community. This is how we come together as a country. Uh, and this is how we really, uh, we lift all boats. And, uh, you know, I love America, uh, but I think we'd all agree that America hasn't lived up to what America wants to be. We're on the path, but we all need to do work to be able to get there. And I know personally that I have one, I have a three-year-old son and another son that's on the way. And I want them to ask me, why the heck did you make a podcast about this? How many ever years ago, dad? I want that to be the feeling, and I, I truly believe we can get there. So um, starts with conversations like this. So thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, I want to give you the last word if you want to say anything to our listeners or you know if you just want to say anything at all. And after Adrian's done talking, that's the end of the episode, and we'll wrap up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Adrian, go ahead. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, one, listen to Matt and I engage in this conversation, and just that alone – shows that we have a desire to want to advance this baton. And I certainly would be happy to share in conversation with any who may be listening, but I would also challenge you to understand that no group of people, no one group of people is monolithic. I, as an African-American man, I can offer you my perspective in the best way that I can. However, in no way do I speak for an entire community of people. That's not fair for any individual. And I think we can all relate to that. So we're not monolithic. However, I would be happy to share with you and help reach an understanding or just engage in positive communications as we all hope to improve and move forward. And Matt, to you, I'm certainly appreciative of this opportunity. I think it speaks volumes and I'm so proud to call myself a friend of yours as well as a colleague. I'm excited for your future. And, you know, I'm just looking into this camera again, man. 
speaking of history, man, I mean, the consistency of his hair, man, I mean, <laughs> remarkable, man, it's remarkable. Man, I think I do a pretty good job. I think I do a pretty good job, but then you get on. I'm like, I hate this guy. <laughs> I'm kidding, man, I mean, hey, nothing but respect, man. It's amazing. Uh, thank you very much, and that's the end of the episode, folks. Thank you.